have a special addition to the Vox Wave studio tonight. We are honoring and highlighting and celebrating all of our entrepreneurs. We are gifting them, because of our second anniversary, we are gifting them 15 minutes of showtime. And we have some amazing guests here tonight in the studio. So before I get started, I'm gonna tell you about my first guest. It is a comedian and he's gonna have some jokes and we're gonna be here laughing. I'm telling you guys, he is funny. His name is Kevin Anthony and he's an international comedian with diverse styles of comedy to entertain the comedy club arena. He has done live concert performances and corporate events. Since graduating from the distinguished Duke Ellington School of the Arts here in Washington, D.C., we're going to clap it up for Duke Ellington. And he's also served in our armed forces, so we're going to clap it up for veterans as well. <laughs> His razor-sharp appearance and unique controversial delivery about life experiences and current events is an antidote for a hilarious evening of entertainment. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to introduce to the Vox Wave family, Mr. Kevin Anthony. the Vox uh, family for inviting me here. This is a wonderful little studio, and I'm happy to be here. Thank you. All right. I'm Kevin Anthony, originally from Washington, D.C., as she said. Uh, most people call me Little D.C. That stands for Dark Criminal Suspects Since Birth. <laughs> I'm the kind of brother that'll steal your stuff and help you look for it. I thought I'd point that out to you. I am happy to be here. This is all good. I'm glad they got air conditioning because outside it was so hot that a squirrel knocked on my door and asked me, can he come in and cool off his nuts? <laughs> so I let him in. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, it's hot around here in Washington, D.C. It ain't hot enough for the current resident of the White House, though. It needs to get hot for him, but I think Wednesday it might get hot. <laughs> I don't know, man. I know Eric Mike Dyson uh, called him all kinds of names. I had to look some of them names up. He called him a lugubrious leech, a doppelganger of defiance and deceit, a foolish fascist, a lethal liar. I would have just called him a motherfucker, and that would have covered it all. <laughs> However, we are here. Being a comedian, and, you know, I, I, I graduated high school, uh, uh, Duke Ellington School of the Arts. I always wondered why they called it high school. I found out, because that's all I did. <laughs> I went to school twisted. Sometimes I didn't make it to class. I was still twisted. I was consistent. <laughs> I don't uh, do drugs as much as I used to. I used to smoke that uh, uh, cannabis, hemp, what do you call it, weed. <laughs> I had to stop. Gave me the munchies. That's right. I swear. 
I smoked a half a blunt and ate the other half. I had to stop. They say don't drink and drive. I say, how am I supposed to get home? They say drinking never solves any problems. Well, shit, neither does milk. Especially if you lactose intolerant. I'm going to tell you, man, the milk situation is really killing me because they can got all kinds of different milks. Whatever happened to vitamin D? <laughs> they got all kinds of milk. Slim milk, skim milk, soy milk. Ain't no soy milk because it ain't no soy titty. <laughs> almond milk. Now, I don't like no almond milk because I don't want no nuts in my milk. <laughs> almond milk. I usually bring my ex-wife with me. I didn't bring her tonight, you know. I should have brought her because, you know, I usually bring her with her because I, you know, so I don't have to kiss her goodbye. (laughs) Some of these jokes just for me, the ones y'all like, I don't give a shit. It ain't enough of y'all to destroy my career. Marriage is a wonderful institution, but who wants to live in an institution? (laughs) I'm just trying to tell you, man. I don't know. It's difficult these days dating some women, right? Some women a little bougie. Talking about, when you going to take me somewhere expensive? I took her to the gas station. (laughs) Would you like to pay or pump? (laughs) You're doing something in this relationship. I'm just telling you, man, it's difficult. Women be asking all kinds of questions. What you doing? Nothing. You did that yesterday. Well, shit, I wasn't finished. (laughs) You always on joke time. You be getting on my nerves. When I die, I'm going to come back and haunt you. How is that going to be different from now? (laughs) They something else. They get mad at you, too. They won't speak to you. You know, I'm not speaking to you. Would you like to know why? Nope, I trust your judgment. (laughs) I'm not speaking to me either. It's difficult just being a man these days, man. Just being an older black man, you know, you have to go and, you know, check your health out. You feel me? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Because women make you do that, right? And, you know, I had to go get the colonostrophy shit. All right. And they give you this juice, right, and tell you to drink the juice and you be on the toilet. <laughs> she coming in, you all right, baby? Yeah, uh, please just leave me alone. <laughs> and then after they give you the juice, right, my doctor got some big hands, right? He do. He don't even, uh, you know, he put this rubber glove on. Don't even take off his class rig. And he tell me to bend over, and he goes right up in there. And I be like, whoa, Lord, at least you could have took your class ring off. He said, that ain't my ring. That's my watch. So I squeeze my butt cheeks up, and I got that watch. I got it on now. I clean it off. And it keeps good time, and I got it on right now, and I'm just not going to give it back. (laughs) And then after that, right, they give you some little anesthesia, right? And, you know, they put you, and then you go, and you sleep, and count to ten. (laughs) Then they put, you know, a camera up your butt, a camera crew. You be just laying there looking all <laughs> abused. <laughs> then you wake up, right? And then you can't drive yourself home. 
So your woman got to come get you. And so when she come get you right, this is her time to clown you. Because, you know, she going to walk you to the car, and you be walking to the car, and she say, baby, is your ass whistling? <laughs> My ass ain't whistling. No, listen, your ass is whistling. <laughs> Shut up, get her in the car. <laughs> ass don't whistle. Women is something else, man, but I love them. I've been dating all kinds of women. I, you know, but it's difficult just, you know, dealing with some of the people, you know, nowadays because I'm trying to work out, watch my figure, you know, and I've been working out, right, and I've been jogging, and this is a little white woman in front of me, right, she was jogging, and I was behind her, and I was jogging, and she was in front, so she looked back. So, shit, I looked back, too. <laughs> and then... <laughs> I kept on, and she kept looking back. So I looked back, too. I got mad, and I chased her ass. And then she fell down, and I ran right past her. I said, that's what you get for looking back. <laughs> I'm just sick of white people messing with me. I go to the grocery store, and I walk up to an old white man. I say, excuse me, sir, can you uh, tell me which aisle the crackers are in? <laughs> He'd be like, what kind of crackers are you looking for? White crackers. Can you tell me which one aisle they're in? He said, aisle seven. I walked down aisle seven laughing and shit. He asked his wife, did he call me a cracker? <laughs> yes, dear, I believe he did. It's just difficult nowadays, dating. You know, sometimes you meet women in the club, you know, crooked Christians. They be in, yeah, they be in the club late at night, right? And they say, last call for alcohol. So you know I'm going to make a beeline to the the bar and she be standing just sitting there swinging her feet and I you know I say hey baby why don't we go out to the panty cake house and talk about our life and she hits you with this well I, I only go out with the Lord now at two o'clock in the morning I don't want to hear that so I hit her back with this well I hate to tell you but he's seeing other people <laughs> and that seems to hold her Sunday morning it's hot in here, man. <laughs> yeah, where is the air? <laughs> what y'all got to set on hell? <laughs> you know, it, here's a joke you can mess up, right? Now, the penis told the balls that he going to take the balls to a party. And the boss said, you fucking liar. Because every time you take us to the party, you go in and leave us outside knocking. <laughs> I'm Kevin Anthony. Y'all been great. Thank you very much. Good night. <laughs>
Mr. Kevin Anthony here at the Vox Wave table. Yeah. That, hey. was, that was just an amazing and hilarious set. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> you that helped. Was, I helped? Okay. <laughs> and y'all see we are color coordinated today with our red, right? Awesome. Awesome. So, Mr. Anthony, you have a very extensive bio and everything that you have going on. You is definitely a man who has been into this comedy thing and you have been traveling over around the world with your comedy so how did you get into comedy what, what, what started all of this? This, this 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 need to tell jokes or to hear laughter well I believe that uh, when I was a kid uh, my grandmother lived around the corner from the Howard Theater mm. and as I said I'm a Washingtonian and I come from a long line of Washingtonians. And so, you know, uh, my grandmother and godmother used to take me to some of the shows. I'd see James Brown, Peter Green. and uh, I, I was a little kid. I was probably like six. And uh, I fell in love with the comics. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, then, you know, the Ed Sullivan show came and I could see the comics and all that. And I went to Duke Ellington and I was in drama class, but you know, Shakespeare might've been the greatest, but he <laughs> talked funny and uh, I was like, fuck that. And they was like, uh, well, you tell jokes. <laughs> and so that kind of was, you know, what I always wanted to do, but I didn't know how to go about it. And Duke Ellington gave me uh, a platform and, and gave me opportunity to exercise and experience my comedy buffoonery. <laughs> <laughs> so if there's anybody out there listening right now who don't know how to get started in comedy, what is the first thing they should do? Well, what I did was, uh, well, after I left Duke Ellington, I was kind of forced to join the United States Army. Mm -hmm. Probably because, you know, I was looking through the keyhole and my, I wanted to see what my mother and father was doing. And <laughs> she said, Kevin, you want to ask whooping? And so I joined the Army. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that one. So, uh, when I joined the army, you know, uh, I was I was propelled into a whole different another culture, mm -hmm. and so uh, you know, I was able to uh, exercise my talents. I mean, I got that chance to open up for George Clinton and mm -hmm. uh, Shaka Khan and. Earth, Wind, and Fire, and, you know, I, I got opportunities that here in the United States I probably wouldn't have got, mm -hmm. you know, at such a young age. Mm -hmm. I was, what, I joined the Army, I was 17, mm -hmm. and, I, you know, I was doing this when I was, like, 19. Wow. Um, so, uh, that... You have been an opening act for so many people. And just to throw it out there, you know, Martin Lawrence and D.L. Hughley, the great Bernie Mac, Jamie Foxx, 
If you had an opportunity to open up for someone, let's say this Friday, and you anybody that you can pick that's out here in the um, on the comedy scene, who would you love to open up for? Hmm. Um. You know. One of my good friends was Bernie Mac, mm -hmm. and uh, he's one of my good friends. Uh, Chris Thomas is another one, and uh, Bernie Mac, you know, we did HBO Deaf Comedy Jam together, mm -hmm. and I did a lot of shows with Bernie, and Bernie was the headliner, and when Bernie passed away, I didn't. Uh, I didn't want to see him in a casket, but I sent flowers, and his wife sent me a picture with Bernie and his cigars, and I got that picture to this day. Mm. And Paul Mooney has—he uh, was been very instrumental in my career. He got me to perform, which is the DC Improv, but now they're under new ownership and. Sometimes uh, mainstream comedy uh, venues are not quite ready for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why not. Well, you know, when I started comedy here in uh, Washington, D.C. area, uh, Martin Lawrence hadn't started yet, or... Uh, Dave Chappelle, you know, some of the names, and they all came along, and, you know, I watched them grow, they watched me grow, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, they went different ways. However, uh, during that time, which was probably more like the early 80s, mm -hmm. comedy was basically ruled by Caucasians, we'll call them. Mm. Caucasians, that sounds like a shoe color. <laughs> <laughs> I want a pair of those in Caucasian. <laughs> so Caucasians was running comedy, right? Mm -hmm. So it was very difficult for, you know, uh, some African-Americans to uh, get into that mainstream. Mm -hmm. However, uh, I was very stubborn and aggressive, and I managed to do that. And uh, Martin Lawrence, uh, Dave Chappelle, Tommy Davidson, mm -hmm. Chris Thomas, Sylvia mm -hmm. Traymore. Uh, it's a lot of comics that comes from the Washington or the DMV area. Mm -hmm. And a lot of good and great ones that really uh, the DMV probably don't even know exist. Yeah. And they need to support uh, those local, people. Those local comedians that's yes. here. Yeah. And, you know, that term local, mm -hmm. I mean, Tony Woods, uh, I mean, the list goes on. Those guys and gals have mm -hmm. performed all over this country and other countries. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to perform in England, Amsterdam, Rotterdam. Uh, I've done uh, shows for the troops in, in Iraq. Mm -hmm. And I've been, I've been fortunate enough to, I mean, go around in France, Belgium, uh, 
you know, I've been fortunate enough because I was doing comedy, uh, uh, comedy after dark, and Ben Flemings was the promoter. Mm -hmm. And he took a lot of comics from the DMV area, Chicago, uh, Atlanta, and took them overseas. And uh, I was over there, and I was sitting looking at Buckingham Palace, and they told me I had to move. They thought I was a terrorist. <laughs> I said, get your ass away from here. Get on away from here. <laughs> but, you know. So, you know, nowadays we're in this new era where everything is on social media. And so we have a lot of comics now are on social media, and they are getting, like, these grand deals. And I'm not going to say, you know, they become famous overnight because it's never overnight. It's always a lot of hard work behind the scenes. But as one of the original you know, comedians who started where you had to go and go to those open mics and work your way up to get all these opening acts for all these prestigious people. What do you think about the comedians now that's coming up through the social media? Well, you know, uh, I think that they're using social media to uh, try to build an audience mm -hmm. because uh, there was a time, you know, you had HBO Def Comedy Jam, you had Comedy Central, you had BET Comic View. Uh, Chris Thomas was the mayor of Rap City mm -hmm. and I helped write for uh, Rap City and that kind of helped me get out there. But now with social media and then you have Netflix mm -hmm. and everybody's doing the special with Netflix. Uh, I hear through the grapevine that Eddie Murphy is going yes, to Yes, we right? just heard that this weekend. And Are you excited about that? Are you excited yeah, about him coming back? I'm excited about that, but, you know, Eddie Murphy don't need Netflix. He can do his own thing without Netflix. Yeah, but they said he can get a hundred million dollars. You think he should do it for a hundred million? Do you think Eddie need a hundred million? Yeah, <laughs> you can give it to me. <laughs> if he don't need it. <laughs> I mean, Netflix might be good, you know, but Eddie, I don't think Eddie really needs that. Yeah. Eddie can do his own thing. I mean, for a guy like me, you know, Netflix might, you know, be a good thing, but I mean, what's going to happen after Netflix, you know? I mean, am I going to be larger, or mm. am I going to, something's going to happen, I'm going to get a movie deal, or whatever. I mean, I don't know. I just think Netflix is basically like having a special on Comedy Central. I mean, there were specials before Netflix. They were HBO specials. Mm -hmm. They were, you know, Comedy Central specials. So I, I'm not really all that impressed with the Netflix thing. Mm -hmm. But if they offer me some money, then hey. Then hey, Netflix, I will Mr. Not, Kevin Anthony is ready. I will not be messing with, <laughs> I won't, don't you worry, I won't be acting like Monique. <laughs> oh. I'm going, I don't care if it's $20, I'm going to take it. <laughs> Serve it up. Right. I know that's right. So what you think about Kevin Hart? Kevin Hart's a good comic, and uh, I haven't, uh, I had the opportunity to meet him, but, you know, I was busy, and, uh, you know, sometimes I get busy. <laughs> you <laughs> was I, busy? Yeah, and I had time, time. to you be had time fooling to meet with Kevin Hart. Yeah. 
<laughs> but Kevin Hart, uh, his brand of comedy suits him, and he is very hot. And very he's hot. He's doing what he does, and I, I think he's great, and I support him. And hey, man, uh, it's hard out here for a pimp. It sure is. <laughs> it sure is. You know, so I, I support everything Kevin Hart does, you know. Uh, you gotta, I, ain't, I ain't got no money to buy all this stuff, but <laughs> I'm a struggling artist. Okay, okay. You um, you have any events coming up? Yes, I do. Uh, I, matter of fact, I'll be in Baltimore, uh, and then in outside of Baltimore uh, this weekend. Uh, Friday, I'll be at a club called The Gentleman's Ten, mm. which is. Uh, it's in the hood, I believe. Mm -hmm. It's <laughs> but, okay. We come out. But, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Baltimore crowd has always been very receptive. They, you know, in spite of all their confusion, mm -hmm. they are a very receptive crowd. And they always do, always do well there when I'm there. And uh, I'm doing the Gentleman's 10. I think that's uh, 9 p.m. It's in Baltimore. You have to Google it and find the Gentleman's 10. And then uh, Sunday, I will be at Sizzle in White Marsh. Mm. Uh, that's somewhere beyond Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, you definitely got to check that out so you can see Mr. Anthony. You are amazing, Mr. Anthony. Thank you very much. And I much. thank you so much for joining us here tonight. And you are welcome here anytime you like. So when you ain't too busy. Just give me a call and let me know. We can get you back here because your jokes are amazing and they're funny. Well, thank you. I love it. <laughs> I'll come back here because y'all got air. Yes, we do. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. So, you know, I, I wanted to say this, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I was in uh, uh, I was in California and I was at uh, <laughs> I was at this club in Compton. A uh, comedian, her name is Chocolate Storm. Mm -hmm. She took me to this club in Compton. And, you know, it was like uh, the Quonset to the eighth power. Mm. So I was in there telling jokes, and I was the only one with a suit on. And they was throwing money at me, and it scared me. Because, you know, I <clears throat> throwing money at me. And I was like, what about this money? And they was like, that's all your money. So uh, I had no problem in getting it up. But I kept telling jokes, and they kept giving me drinks. And then I, it dawned on me that I was in Compton. Mm. <laughs> and this ain't no place to be drunk. <laughs> and I, I mean, it was great. I mean, you know, I have been uh, honored to, like, perform with... Uh, Chuck Brown, mm -hmm. uh, Petey Green, Dick Gregory. Uh, I have, uh, I love my life, and I love being a stand-up comic, and I appreciate Vox bringing me here. Vox. Absolutely. And I have one more thing, because there's okay. something else that's very interesting in your amazing bio of all the things you have done. Mm -hmm. You had a chance to actually, you um, was at President Barack Obama's inauguration in 2009. Yes, I was at the first inauguration and I performed there and I had to tell clean jokes, uh -huh. but it was all good. It was like, you know, 
working in a church. <laughs> yeah. Except for I had a tuxedo on. Yeah. And it was good, you know, and I didn't get a chance to meet uh, President Obama. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was a great big crowd. It was very cold mm-hmm. that night. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it went very well. And I was on it, and they paid good. Mm. You yeah. like that? Yeah, I like that. They paid good. They they give you a deposit and everything. Mm. We like that. And I, I was. And they pay on time. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, the United States government, right, it's, they give you a check. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still looking for mine coming the first of the month. Okay, now. Okay, now. But, you know, they, they, you know, it was. Uh, it was an honor, and it was great, and, you know, I performed at the first black president's inaugural ball. Yeah, that's legacy. That's something that will be passed down to generation to generation. That's an awesome accomplishment. Well, so you. if anybody out there listening and they would like to book you for any future shows, how can they contact you? Uh, they can contact me. Uh, Kevin Anthony, uh, uh, 202-705-2735. Don't call me up talking about. <laughs> you, you my long to, lost baby daddy. You want me to do a baby shower. <laughs> and, you know, because one time I did a comedy show for a little Halloween and a bunch of kids. They set it up like a, a comedy club. And they were sitting there swinging their legs, looking at me, <laughs> and they didn't have drinks. They had bowls of candy. And I was standing there, and I had, like, a necktie on with uh, uh, Looney Tunes on it. And they uh, parents were standing in the back waiting for me to say something that I was supposed to say. But I did. I did it. And they, they paid me. But it was the hardest crowd. I could have been telling jokes in front of a mirror. <laughs> Them little kids, they didn't laugh until I told them some booger jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that was the hardest. That had to have been the hardest. The hardest crowd. Crowd ever was like four and five and six-year-olds. They were sitting there swinging their legs, looking like little midgets. <laughs> you know, hey, it was a little get-together. It was a little get-together. It was a little get-together. Yeah. So, Mr. Anthony, we definitely thank you again for being here. We appreciate you, and we're just so honored to have you to come here to Voxway well, Studios. Well, I'm honored to be here. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. It was amazing meeting you um, last Wednesday over at VFW. Me and Ron was out there at an event, and it was you was funny then. So that's when I said I got to have him to come on the show. Well, you know, I also want to make mention that Every for the past over twenty years, uh, maybe longer, mm-hmm. I've been doing comedy toys for tots, mm-hmm. and I choose uh, different venues, uh, you know, VFWs or wherever the venue, or or a hotel ballroom, wherever. And the admission is bring the toy, and uh, my comedy friends. They don't get paid for this, and they come out and they donate their talents to entertain the audience. It's a it's it's a, an adult affair, mm-hmm. but uh, we get a lot of toys. I mean, and 
the United States Marine Corps Reserve come out. They party and take the toys. Some of them get drunk. I'm gonna tell jokes, and I let them tell jokes, and they don't know nothing but Paris Allen. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely let us know when you're gonna do that. Uh, what time of year? Because Vox, I'll be doing that uh, here at Vox. We do toy drives as well, and okay. we donate toys. I'll be doing that at the VFW in Clinton, December the seventh. Okay, December the seventh. Yeah. Well, we're gonna definitely. Um, keep in contact with you for that to see how maybe we can be able to help you with that with maybe taking some of the toys that we get and donating it to your um event outstanding okay outstanding well again thank you thank you thank you guys so much for tuning in we will be back here again next week so if you would like to come on and be highlighted as our entrepreneur on Monday evenings, you can send an uh, email to voxwavesales at gmail.com. We are here from July the 22nd until August the 26th. Okay, guys, thank you for watching and have a great evening. Bingo. Business owners, looking for a place to advertise your business and promote your products and services? Voxwave is the right place. We have over 10,000 views a day and 70,000 listeners a month. For more information, contact Reg Gaskins at 240-832-4455. Voxwave now features a streaming radio media player on our website's front page, where local artists can get their music played 24-7. For more information on getting your music in rotation or to perform live at our studio, contact Reg Gaskins at 240-832-4455. Android users, the Voxwave app is now available in the Google Play Store. Download the app today on your Android device to listen in and view programs.